Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Dum Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that are centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Millers. I'm the sharp buzz cut that is Royfield Brown, and with me are the hair dragged backwards through a hedge. That is Kerry Warbis. And joining us, we have um, the Yeti looking. It's Fickling. And the last part of your lockdown haircut, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dum Dum is uh, a repeat from last week. In the good old traditions of the BBC, we love a repeat, we do. It's Joanne Smith and a rather large church organ. Now, Kerry, if someone else would like to send us in a dum-de-dum, how can that be done? If you would like to sing us a dum-de-dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 031 3105. Leave us a message on SpeakPipe or send a text message starting with dumb to 077 862 Thanks to Yokel Bear and Millie Bell, our social media supremos, Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Mike Hatton for his character counts, Shambridge for her voices, and Lucy V. Freeman for her legendariness. On this week's episode, we hear voices from Witherspoon, voices, views even, from Witherspoon, Red Agnes, Mia, Jack, Francesca's sister, Sally, she's back with her habit, Helen, Jess, and Rev Rob. Ooh, everybody's uh, down the Catholic way uh, today. Uh, by the way, can I just thank everybody for sending in their text messages? Because boy, oh boy, you've gone text crazy, haven't they? Mm. 
Yeah, lots of stuff to read out today. Yeah, well, I'm just going to like kick back on my deck chair, sit with Pina Colada while you read everything out, because <laughs> I'm in Nora. There's a shed load to read out. Uh, but first off, you're probably wondering, who's this Peter Fickling bloke? Peter, uh, who are you, sir? Well, I met Royfield in a bar in Oakland about, what, three years ago, Royfield? So it's a kind of copy and paste job. I was told there was an obnoxious Englishman in uh, locally, and I think Royfield was told the same thing. We were both crestfallen because uh, our egos demanded that we were the only obnoxious Englishman in the, in the neighbourhood. <laughs> um, but we managed to reconcile that. And, um, and actually, the Archers, I think, was part one of the um, kind of the oils that lubricated the creaking joints that was our early friendship. That and weak American beer. No doubt. Yes. In that yeah. Bar in uh, well, yeah. So it's a little bit of a three-way today. There's three of us talking about the thing that we love, the archers. I don't know where to start, so I'm pointing the finger at you, Warbis. Mm. Um, last week in Ambridge, please take it away because off mic, you said to me, "I've got some notes, Royfield." Oh, and bloody Nora, you got notes. Yeah. Shows yours. The floor is yours. <laughs> Um, I always make notes. Uh, yeah, I, don't know, I struggled again this week, I have to say, uh, which is why I listened to it for a third time again this week. Um, I listened to it in my garden this afternoon. Um, I don't know whether it was because it was the bridge farm lot or what, but loads of it drifted right over me. I found it difficult to concentrate and not an awful lot new learnt about the characters. So there. <laughs> Uh, Peter, sir, um, how was your last week in Ambridge? Well, I seem to be the only person who's enjoyed it. Um, I watched with some horror as um, Kerry kind of trashed every last um, second of it live on Twitter. Well, for the first time ever, I quite enjoyed hearing Helen's voice. Um, I uh, the week before I enjoyed um, hearing a little bit more about Josh. Um, so yes, I'm, it's me. It's me and the writers seem to be the only people enjoying it. Can you explain your enjoyment, though, please? <laughs> Well, it's interesting that you say that we didn't learn anything about them. But I think so textually, if that's not too pretentious a word, um, that was sort of like it, it, they're being softened. Um, and also um, without... Uh, so for, one of the problems with Helen is that you just want other people to be screaming at her the whole time. Like every time she opens her mouth, why isn't someone telling her to shut up? Why isn't someone correcting her pretentiousness or, or just taking it to task? And the reverse with Josh. With Josh, you're sort of... You're, constantly reminded of his place in the village because by other people are because other people are telling him off are taking him to task and so actually with them just talking on their own you can just listen to their stories and maybe be a little less distracted by um one's own anger and the lack of anger from other people hmm. did you not find she was quite cross to start off with wasn't she um yeah with herself mainly um, in a similar way to David being cross and Tony being cross, <laughs> there was a lot of crossness going on. Yeah, but is, did that, does that not fall under the whole kind of um, uh, um, you know BBC charter sort of section that they've got to kind of be representing our sort of general decline in mental health? Um, so you know, that... <laughs> pre pre COVID. I mean, Helen's always a sort of hot mess of implausibility. That's part of the problem with the character is that, you know, it's just so hard. It, yeah. in a, the, I mean, this is not a criticism of the actress, obviously, because, you know, she mm. does the best with what she's given. But and, and also, I don't want to I don't want to criticise the, the, the writers in general, but specific to Helen, like it, she just it's a bit discordant. So, for instance, when Lillian comes in, you expect a bit of pantomime and kind of a bit of high drama, which is why I found the kind of more serious plot lines with her and Justin a bit sort of 
difficult to deal with. Mm. But with Helen, it's always jarring. It just always it never seems yeah. natural. Um, and at least when she's isolated, um, as she should be, um, you know, from from everyone else, <laughs> you can sort of you can just listen to it as given, as 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 um, delivered. I think jarring is, is spot on there, Peter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a Helen fan. I mean, I know that doesn't make me a, a unique creature, but no. um, but maybe but maybe I was quite. And also, I'm trying to be positive about it because I've seen Paul, I've seen other Kerry given a right old kicking on social media, and that kind of got my back up a bit because one, I feel that's my job, um, but two, sort of um, you know the lack of imagination and the sort of ingratitude people have had towards the Archers team as it's been yeah. put out has kind of. Can I just say this very, very quickly? There's been a lot of Kerry confusion, hasn't there? You know, oh, do, God, do right. people mean Davis or do people mean Warbis? Just, just saying. So, just queuing things up for later, dear listener. Yes. Um, as you were, you pair, because I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one thing I, I, I would say, though, uh, Peter, I don't think anybody actually is a fan of Helen per se. There must but, be someone. I think no. there are people sympathetic to her because of the Rob stuff. That's about as generous as it gets. Yeah, this it's a tricky topic. Obviously, it's representing a very serious topic, so I didn't want yeah. anything particularly dark or unpleasant to play out. But I did, by the end, I did just want the cliched Rob to take their lives and then his own, um, mm-hmm. because it would have just saved me the hassle. So from a completely selfish point of view, I just wanted the plot to sort of like hurry to the end. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's not that's not for me showing a very caring side. It's, but it's not just Helen. It's it's basically all the all of the spawn of Pat. Pat for me is the kind yeah. of the, the the mothership of all this. So spawn of Pat in general, and you know, mm. uh, and one of my frequent begging letters that I send to other Kerry is for Otto mm. the Bull to make a vengeful comeback and just <laughs> finish the job. I feel he should, you know, he didn't didn't complete. Oh, great! I think we're going to get along, Peter. Well, I hope so. It would be, you know, it would put you in a very exclusive group. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, uh, you, Pet, um, this is all wonderful. Uh, and I, I, do, I must admit, I do feel like I'm listening to a podcast here on my own <laughs> podcast, which is a, a rather unique position to be in. But, but I'm loving this. But uh, I'm just going to just call time and do a little bit of this. Hello, Ambridge 3962. First off, it's our Red Agnes. Hi, Dumpty Gang, Red Agnes here. Uh, oh, it's been a weird week this week. Um, Mr Red Agnes is under threat of COVID redundancy, which is an absolute arse. So he's doubled that up by just um, setting fire to his finger with the iron. Uh, we've just done each other a COVID haircut. That's why, while I was on the Zoom the other day, I had a hat on because I was having a bad hair day. But we've done three lockdown haircuts now very very successful i have to say so what do i need to tell you this week um sorry by the way on zoom that i'd eaten shit all week so i felt it appropriate to eat a whole bag of green leaves so if you wondered what i was eating it was green leaves but i'm all right now i feel healthy now (laughs) in terms of the uh covid archers um i've got two views i'm 100 percent behind the bbc for doing it less so about listening to it but then again that's what we do isn't it um if you download the omnibus and listen to it on headphones as instructed and ride up a hill on your bike then your buttocks don't 
clutch together as much and it's slightly less unpleasant. In terms of <laughs> the archers, I'm a frustrated Liverpool fan at the moment and Dumpty Dummers should opt for You'll never walk alone. Let's support it. We'll soon be out of this and we still love it anyway. Covid binge has been the fifth all five series of The Corrupted on BBC Sounds. It's brilliant and probably more of a documentary than fiction. It's scary. Listen to it. Um, see you all soon. Look after yourselves. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, uh, Red Agnes. So uh, are you in the buttock clenching department here, Peter? Is that what you you done all from Monday through to Thursday listening to The Archers? My buttocks have been very relaxed all week, um, uh, well, specifically and generally. Um, without wanting to repeat myself too much, um, my, my general discomfort has been the, just just the general annoyance at people, unlike Reg Agnes, who um, have been you know, the ingratitude. That's been quite irritating. It seems to calm down a little bit. But no, I mean, I've been I've been very relaxed about it, and I'm quite surprised as well because it's not my normal state, as you know. And mm. uh, one of the things that slightly terrified me, kind of getting ready to come and chat to you guys, was. Um, obviously watching Kerry on um, Twitter and then obviously knowing you've always been realising I might be the reasonable one. That might be my position in this kind of triangular conversation. So, yeah, very strange. You haven't been entirely reasonable, so that's promising. But not. You are supposed to be the curmudgeon. That's the reason why I gave you, oh. a, you know, a call on, on the back phone. Uh, uh, OK, I can adjust. Kerry, yeah. was there anything else in Red Angus's call that you feel that uh, we need to address? Before I move on to that, um, I just want to say there's a fine line between ingratitude and bewilderment. Uh, so <laughs> I'll just leave that there. Um, yeah, well, she did the thing of the omnibus, the headphones and and solitude up, up a hill on a bicycle and uh, it helped. So, you know, I wonder how many other people have done a similar thing. Um Red Agnes, thank you. Uh, now we can come on to uh, Jack. Hello, Dumpty Dummers. Oh, I'm Jack, and I am a first-timer caller in and I think that Dumpty Dum is a truly fantastic podcast. Now, I know that we're in a pandemic, and I don't want to sound ungrateful. <laughs> and I also don't want to make Jeremy Howell and all the people working on the Archers ill. But if remote drama recording with dialogue was not possible, then I would be happy with the archers. But the fact that remote drama recording with dialogue is possible, I'm not so happy with the archers, and I feel that it definitely should have been done. It is possible, and I was very much looking forward to hearing what it would sound like remotely with dialogue. The other things I would like to say is that Dead Ringers have managed to do it, and so has Shambridge Harriet Carmichael, with all her different voices. What I also wanted to come on to, talking of Shambridge, I'm on an email list for visually impaired people, and I've mentioned Shambridge, and it has gone down a huge pit. They're all downloading it, they think it's fantastic, so hopefully we'll hear Harriet's impressions more of them soon, and hopefully we'll hear Harriet Carmichael on the podcast very soon too. Goodbye for now. Thanks for that, Jack. Jack, you do actually hear Harriet twice on the podcast. She does Susan at the very start of the show. Then she does Linda uh, picking up the phone. So she she is on. Uh, but she hasn't been on on for a little while. So in that uh, respect, uh, you are correct, sir. Just very quickly, now Witherspoon is going to make the same point later on. But this is as I understand it. And I, I thought I explained this last week, but obviously it didn't do a very good job. And this is my guess as the reason why. 
they are struggling at the moment to cut this thing together. Number one, it's all new. And the production process for 70 years has not been set up for remote speaking and uh, for uh, actors not to be in the studio. Now, with the best will in the world, whether people can actually be remotely and then talk, we do know it takes four times longer just with the monologues. So if people are going to be talking backwards and forwards, you can you can guess that it's going to take exponentially longer again because of the different variables. Noise is off because they don't have uh, soundproof recording studios. Then the editing process is going to be more tricky because you have two sets of audio from two different locations, which then you have to sync. I know this because this is the way that I do dum-de-dum. Now, can it be done? Absolutely. But can they do four episodes a week? Probably not. I think that's what everyone's missing in all of this, is it's the speed of which they can actually crank this stuff out. Now, as the production goes on and the COVIDs continue, they will probably streamline the production flow behind the scenes so that they can actually work more efficiently. But I think people are missing the point here that, yes, there is technology can do it and we do it, but we don't follow a script for a start off. So to to say, as Witherspoon is going to say in his call later on, that, well, dum dum does it. We're not following a script. We're not. And when people hear noises off here, it's part of the whole comedy fun of the ramshackle nature that is dum dum When people hear, my, when my mum walks in, I don't stop the recording. Or when somebody can hear um, a grass cutter uh, outside, etc. So we're not really comparing um, apples to apples at all here. As I understand it, it is how quickly can they cut the thing together? And let's not forget that we've gone from six episodes down to four. I'm guessing that a weekly uh, radio play drama, whatever, the, the I forget the example that uh, Jack used on Radio 4, they're only putting out one of those a week. So you've still got seven days to edit the thing. That's the problem, which I think everyone's missing here. I could be wildly wrong. Somebody from the production team at the Archers, you know, email me and say, Royfield, you're wildly wrong. We're all just sat around eating donuts and just like messing around. And that is not at all the reason uh, we could, you know, if we whipped harder, we could actually work faster. But I think that is the reason which everyone seems to be missing. Um, what do you reckon, uh, Kerry? Have I made a good defence for the production yeah. team? the archers i'd written down here um so dead ringers can do it but maybe not four times a week exactly which is what you said you know they're not purposefully trying to piss off the audience eating donuts and messing about uh, i'm sure you meant to say the word frustrate oh it's, it's oh di- yeah i did <laughs> <laughs> right uh peter i'm i'm queuing you up for uh, responses to the next call, which is Mia. Hi, Royfield and Claire and all Dumpty Dum peeps worldwide. This is Mia up in Newcastle land saying hello. First of all, I just want to say um, how grateful I am for Lucy and her time with Dumpty Dum. She's just been brilliant and the podcast was richer for her 
and just wish her well. And I was really delighted to meet her at the end of February at the Academic Archery. She's a, a great person. But Royfield, you're fantastic. And I'm loving what you're doing, especially with the Zoom. Thank you. Now, I've just got to say, a whole fucking week at Bridge Farm. What were they thinking of? I am bored titless. And I don't want to hear any more about bloody Tony and his stupid shaggy head and bald head. And, oh, my God, how boring could it possibly be? And Johnny wasn't much better. And Tom, oh, my God, he makes Roy look exciting. I, I just don't know how I coped. I was pleased to hear a little bit of Helen and her struggles. And it just reminds us that it's um, it's a daily effort for her. And it was interesting to have a little insight into Natasha, who I think is a good a rich character and I'd like to see a bit more of her but I'd like to see her outside the bridge farm context oh my gosh script writers please don't inflict that virus on us again of a week at bridge farm <laughs> gosh it made David and his lasagna look exciting <laughs> anyway that's all take care love to all bye mm. right Fickling over to you sir uh you have a right to reply I'm afraid I'm gonna have to be reasonable again um that was very harsh uh even by my standards, I, it's really quite difficult for me to fit into this new persona, even if it's not what's required, being a sort of a gentle and sort of a soulful human being. Uh, Johnny was very moving. I, I was terrified that was going to be a plot about him being a kind of early male suicide. I think I was <laughs> over the moon to hear him sort of sort of shave his hair off and sort of, you know, be, feel a bit uplifted. And, you know, I, I can't stand Bridge Farm. And a whole week did would terrify me when I heard it at the beginning, you know, on, on Monday uh, and when I heard Helen on Monday, I was like, I definitely can't do seven days of this. But um, so, so yes, here I am again, being reasonable, and I apologise for it. One of the things that I'm really struggling with is we fundamentally know the psyche and the personality drivers of the main characters. So you could arguably say we're not learning anything new for the vast majority of these characters. Yeah. Uh, so David and Josh, we know there's beef. We know there's uncomfortableness, whatever you want to call it. We we know this. However, there was a little bit of a nugget within specifically that interaction in the first week where we learned that how Josh got his name. So you, you so we are learning little things. Yeah. But it, but we're not learning anything too much. For Helen to say the only person that's criticising her is herself was like, well, you know, that that was stating the, the, the blindingly obvious. And as us as listeners, I don't think we're enriched by it. We didn't learn anything from that per se, other than, okay, maybe she's got a little bit of self-awareness. Maybe. Discuss. Yeah, I agree with the Johnny situation as well. That was, you know, it was a relief to hear that he had shaved his hair off and he's moved on and he's not as distressed about that situation any longer. Um, with the Helen thing, um, I was also thinking as you were speaking about, you know, I, I did say we didn't learn very much that was new about anybody during this um, past week. But and then I was thinking, well, actually, you know, do we need to be learning new things all the time about all the characters? You know, you know, does that actually happen in life? Probably not. But I think what I was thinking was that if people are being introspective and and that it might um, reveal new things about how their minds work and their perspectives on things, and and that doesn't seem to be coming through a great deal. I didn't say it, it was totally. Um, 
devoid of anything new. Um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be generous. <laughs> it's hurting. <laughs> uh, mm. Right then, Warbis. Um, brace yourself, Thickling. It's Francesca. I believe she's from Cardiff. Francesca here from Cardiff. So I've been thinking about what uh, methods of monologue they could use and I thought it would be really cool to do an episode where um, one of the families have a pub quiz because we've been doing that quite a lot with my friends and I was just trying to think of the pros and cons of each family of who we could have and clearly we do not want the Brookfield locked. I think that would be pretty boring. Um, also, the Bridge Farm lot can't think of anything more dull than <laughs> listening to them come up with questions. Um, so I thought maybe the Grundies, that would be quite cool. But then Will and Ed would probably be quite boring with their rounds. So then I thought, oh, what about the Aldridges? I think that would probably be quite a fun pub quiz if each of them did a round each um that would be quite fun i can imagine kate with her um with her choice of rounds something new age and fun and hippie veganism and and then that sort of juxtaposed with brian's expertise maybe adam's round could be quite boring but yeah it'd be quite fun to have the uh the oldridges doing a zoom chat and then audio quality wouldn't matter because obviously they're all in different places yeah hopefully that's an idea for kerry zoom cheers thanks bye oh what do you reckon kerry uh the zoom comes to ambridge or the Aldridges specifically. Well, yeah, that, that pleases me greatly. I do love the Aldridges. Um, they're very entertaining. The pub quiz idea, at first I was balking because we had a pub quiz, didn't we, not that long ago. Um, and I didn't enjoy oh, yeah. that at all. Uh, we actually had a quiz in a pub. We yeah. did, yes. Uh, but this idea could work with each of them having their specialised rounds to ask the, the rest of the family. But they're not allowed well they're not able to actually speak with each other so i'm not sure how that would work with the current restrictions i suppose what you could do is you know audio quality be damned then because if you were actually just going to do a zoom chat and have it scripted and then just record the zoom chat yeah and then however it kind of you know people talking over each other as they're doing zoom on zoom etc and it's sounding a bit mechanical when that could just be authentic yeah not at all a bad idea francesca Mm. let's see if uncle kerry the other kerry picks up on your wonderful idea maybe get some royalties or something other from that (laughs) little bit of shilling you know hey anyway um Good luck with that, Francesca. Now it's Sister Sally. Uh, she's back. She's out of the nunnery. Still got a habit on. It's Sister Sally. It's a missive from our Sally, who's our sister. Ooh, I don't know where I'm going with this. Let's press the button. <laughs> Hello, Royfield, Kerry and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Sister Sally here. I am now, I think, a third time caller in her. Um, I'm really ashamed to say that my dishwasher does not have a name. And um, while I have been drinking, I don't think I've had as much as that lady the other day. He was absolutely brilliant and I loved her caller in. Um, Incidentally, 
I have been to Hull once for a university interview, and that is the only time I've been to Hull, and that would have been in either 1992 or 93. I was very disappointed, actually, in the last couple of weeks. I share my birthday with Linda Snell, and over the years I've enjoyed knowing what Linda has done for her birthday at the end of May and had a little smile to myself as we might be sort of raising a glass to each other. But of course, the COVID has destroyed my annual birthday get-together with Linda, and I'm a bit sad about it. Um, uh, I wanted to talk about Tony and his voice. I always wonder why Tony isn't as posh as his two sisters. So we've got Jennifer, very posh, and um, <laughs> I've got the name. <laughs> and posh gin person. I can't believe I've, it's gone blank. <laughs> Lillian. And, um, but Tony isn't. Lillian. <laughs> I can't believe that. That was just a complete blank. Um, anyway, Tony, don't you think he sounds a bit like the BFG, the Mark Rylance <laughs> vers- film version of the BFG by Roald Dahl? In fact, the BFG, I think the voice that Mark Rylance used was a cross between Tony and Joe Grundy. How I think about that. <laughs> Thanks. Mm-hmm. Bye. Mm. Uh, thank you for that, Sister Sally. Uh, the voice of Tony and his other siblings. Um, well, I think this is my two penneth worth, mm. is that that uh, Lillian and Jennifer both uh, married money, didn't they? So... Um, and specifically, Jennifer is a social climber. So at one point, she probably affected the poshness and then it just stuck. That's, that's my simple take on it. Um, what do you reckon, Kerry? Yeah, I love Sister Sally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, she said hello to me. That was nice. And laughed about the dishwasher name. That was good too. Uh, and she's only been to Hull once, Royfield. What is this thing about going to Hull once for a university interview? Is that the only reason anyone ever goes there? I suppose Peter is now going to turn around and say that... He lived on, years or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Peter, <laughs> been, have you ever been to Hull? I've never been to Hull. Um, and that's that's it. I mean, I, I could come up with some kind of awful kind of full Yorkshireman style. Is it even in Yorkshire? This is how little I know. I mean, I have, I went to university up north, so I should know more. But anyway, sorry. No Hull knowledge. Oh, no, no, no. You let the side down. Anybody who's anybody has only ever been to Hull once. That's what Kerry and I discovered last <laughs> week. So well, I think we, that, right. that, 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 and I, I, I think I stay true to that. <laughs> through that um uh yeah. where do you stand on on, on the accent thing sorry you, did, did we actually finish this with you uh kerry or well, did i just like come in and just like nobble your well-meaning thought no it's fine I, I mentioned hull and you got got all excited uh the accent thing is interesting i mean there's a whole swathe of different accents from from the same families all the time isn't there it is interesting and i think your theory is probably right about the social climbing aspect the only other um thing is that you know to be painfully obvious is that you know they're three different actors and they've got their own voices but that's i mean that's that, that I, I that's all i came up with and then you started saying clever stuff so yeah so they weren't actually brought up by the same people 
these actors. No, no. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm new to, I'm new to it. But I'm pretty. In fact, but you know, but Kerry, you and I were talking um, off air about, um, you know, doesn't the new Tony have a slightly more um, working class accent? And uh, and actually, from memory, even though it's been a long time, the old Tony was a, a bit more kind of brusque, um, but 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 maybe a touch posher. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And, and while we're on the subject of Tony, also we were speaking off mic, um, Peter and I, about Pat making Tony wear a baseball cap and how controlling she is about what he wears. And I don't like that. Yeah, and it's quite odd. It's quite odd that anyone would be that controlling. Um, and and I was very interested... I, I, the way I just let the archers wash over me. It's something to do the, you know, when I'm doing the dishes or kind of out for a stroll with my kid. Um, and actually, talking to Kerry earlier, it was like it was a kind of revelation. It was like having the wool ripped from my eyes. It's like, oh my god, she's an absolute monster. <laughs> All these kind of flashbacks were coming from the past, and I was thinking about the, the you know, the, the the very strange way she talks to her children and how big or small decisions, each one of them requires a comment or some kind of um, corrective from her. Mm. Um, and, and so thank you, Kerry. I, I, I knew I was right to dislike her as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to oblige. <laughs> right. Um, on that little uh, part of Concordat between the pair of you, um, I'm going to stop things and say, let's listen to Helen. Hello, Roy Field, Kerry and everybody else in Dumpty Dum land. My name is Helen. I'm a first time caller in a row. So I'm going to try and whiz through all the formalities really quickly. Um, so I have been exposed to the archers since I was born, making me a Pip archer because we're the same age. Um, I was actually compared to Pip a lot growing up by my lovely late grandmother, um, which is probably one of the reasons that I was then put off listening to the archers. <laughs> um, but I fell in love with it for myself a few years ago uh, during the Robin Hell. Helen storyline uh, when I was living out in Kenya. I was feeling a little bit homesick and uh, struggling with a few mental health issues and it was really a connection to home and I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, so I'm now uh, back in the UK living in sunny Rotherham, uh, currently on maternity leave but working as a teaching assistant in a special needs school. Um, and I love the archers so much so that uh, my little boy was born on Christmas Day and during labour, high on gas and air, I was more concerned about how Lee was getting on at Bridge Farm uh, than I was about the impending motherhood that I was facing. <laughs> um, so you could say that I love it a little bit. Um, it took me a little bit of a, a little while to get into this new format. Um, but I really enjoyed listening to Helen and Natasha's insights into their mental health this week. Um, but my question is this. Does everybody have an internal monologue like that in English or uh, your mother tongue, whatever your first language is? Because I don't. I, I think in thoughts. And uh, I've argued this with my dad, who thinks that I'm a little bit nutty, because um, <laughs> he says that he thinks in internal monologue. So for me, it sounded so unrealistic um, to hear people thinking that way until my dad said, well, that's exactly how I think. Because I don't think that way. I think in thoughts. How do other people think? Discuss. Bye. Well, thanks for that, Helen. And well done being a first-time caller in And I believe you went through all the gears perfectly. Uh, now, firstly, before we come into the meat and potatoes of her call, uh, Miss Warbis and uh, Mr Fickling, um, have you, Kerry, ever done something, you know, not necessarily life-threatening, but like as important as giving birth, 
But the more important thing on your mind was actually <laughs> the archers. Have I done anything life-threatening? No, I try to avoid that if I can. So giving birth, I was quite relaxed when I gave birth the two times that I did that. I had no drugs other oh, than gas and air. Um, I was quite, yeah, quite hardcore. I did go to hospital. I didn't smug. want to do that at home. But um, I, have, I can't say that I was thinking about the archers more at those two moments of, mm. of birth giving. Have you no. ever done anything, you know, pretty important but it was inappropriate for you to be thinking of what david was going to have for his dinner or what was going on down the ball no have you had an inappropriate thought that way though what drifted off wondering about the archers during meetings at work for sure (laughs) but not life-threatening things Hmm. all right what about you you, Uh, me oh oh Frequently, that's the reason why I started doing Dumpty Dum, so I could ju- I could just be uh, open with my internal monologue, which is me continuously thinking about all things Borsetshire. So, so, so that does then neatly bring me on to uh, part two of uh, what what Helen said. Um, I didn't think that anybody who was saying actually thought out in speech, you know, in speech form. If you need to psych yourself up, you're about to do public speaking or go into a you know, a, a situation which you're uncomfortable with, you might say, come on, come on, you, you've got this, you've got this, you know, mm. and and you'll think, you know, you'll think out loud in that way or internally. Uh, but I don't think out in long form thoughts. Do you? Um, no, I don't, I don't think. Well, there's the internal monologue that we all might be having or not. Um, and then there's, you know, what's happening on the arches is totally removed from that, I think, isn't it? Mm. Really? Um, yeah. Do we have an internal monologue running all the time? I don't think I do. No, it comes in bursts and waves, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, Peter, how about you, sir? So first things first, um, I have to say this because I just it's like a trigger word. Um, I heard the word Lee. Um, Lee causes me an enormous amount of angst, and he's definitely my least favourite character in the whole show. He's the most oleaginous, unctuous, falsely nice Wait creature I've ever you heard. You like Gavin Moss more than Lee? Gavin Moss is a, um, a kind of like a, a high point in plausibility in um, modern English um, <laughs> fiction compared to Lee. Um, Lee is the Lee is Lee is a um, coronavirus of pointy, um, um, unrealistic caricature. Um, he's just yeah, he's awful. But anyway, I just want to get that off my chest because you know I was happily listening, happily listening to the caller, and then all of a sudden I just went to this kind of spasm of anger just hearing his name. And in fact, that was the only high point of the whole Bridge Farm week was the fact that he only got mentioned a couple of times. But anyway, that's by the by. Um, but while I was listening to you guys, I was thinking about the fact that no, I don't. I don't think I do um, think in kind of monologue, except for when you sort of do you role play those conversations you wish you'd had with someone else, or you're planning to go and talk to someone, and then you do you might sort of think, oh, how the conversation had gone, or how the conversation might go, and then yeah, I think I do have those kind of um, back and forths in my head where I play everything out in real time speech. But it's very specific to that, so I think you could write it. If, if you you could write me as a character and make it sound plausible if you wanted, but um, 
I don't particularly like it as a kind of um, narrative device for the show, I will admit. It's, it, mm. it does feel a bit clunky, but equally, no more so than sitting in an incredibly crowded Victorian theatre watching people only 20 feet away, sort of fully Kenneth Branagh, you know. Um, so, I, yeah, it's, 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 it's the same. The same what's, what's it called when you're in the, in, in the theatre where you have to kind of... Um, Reclaiming. Uh, grant... Dig, thank you. When you have to sort of allow someone that license, the fact that they're on stage, mm. no, I don't find that difficult. Hmm. I do. <laughs> yeah, I don't like have that. Have you ever typed an email and read out loud every word that you're typing? <laughs> I frequently. But do you do you not do you not agree with my? Do you, I mean, am I? Am, I mean, is it me and the archers writers that you know when you're thinking about a conversation you had the day before and you're sort of research, you're sort of rethinking how it might have gone or you're no, no, planning I, a conversation? I, yeah, that, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, totally. That that that's an excellent point. Well made, sir. That yeah. Oh, okay. No. Thank you someone's got the better of you in an argument or you've let yourself down and then when you're licking your wounds you go oh god i should have said this and i should have done that and blah 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 or the next time this point comes up this is what i'm going to say and and you do spell that out but that's not an everyday occurrence that lasts for 12 minutes though is it you know they did a bit of that with helen actually i think this week and i think the actress kind of lent into that and did a good job with it when she was kind of telling herself off and that kind of gave that some plausibility. That's definitely, you know, like, I mean, I'll take my own name in vain out loud a few times a day. Um, so, yeah, I think that she did a good job with that, sort of like making it, sort of leaning into that kind of um, reliving of the moment. You know, and th- for me, this is the, the great thing about these monologues because they've so divided opinion because I didn't think that Helen talking worked for the reasons which I gave before because actually she told us nothing new and to, for her to say i'm my own worst critical you know i'm just paraphrasing was just for me a line which is so redundant because she'd actually said all of that without actually saying that line so you know and you made the point earlier on peter that you know she, she's a she's a great actor so it's nothing against the actor but i just think there is something which is misfiring between the writing the direction and the acting in this format because so many different people are, are taking so many different things from it this is an uncomfortable experience for us all actually to listen to not only just because there's there's 69 years worth of a, a, a dramatic uh constructs which we're all used to it flows in a certain way it isn't just that it's um characters talking amongst themselves there's an archer's way which is delivered which we're all used to and it's comfortable and it is like a a lovely snuggly old blanket and this just isn't that i'm not saying it's bad i'm not saying it's good sorry Royfield. yeah is it any worse though than kind of the massive character changes that that we have to put up with so you know um when Lillian and Justin went on their big kind of, you know, epic narrative arc, was it about half a year ago, a year ago? I can't remember. Um, I found that whole thing very difficult because two of my most beloved characters were now acting very out of type as I saw it. And that, that for me was a bigger jump than having to sort of, because that, that's the characters changing. Whereas with this, I can kind of view it as a change of listening points. Like, you know, it's the perspective is changing rather than the characters. I, um, I think... I think what the writers would say is that when characters are confronted by anything big, there is always a breadcrumb trail 
of to how they would react beforehand. I think the people in the writers' room would say that there aren't any reversals of character. But that's not to say that us as human beings, we, all, we always act in a uniform way. That just because generally somebody might be quite chill doesn't mean that something can't actually rile them up and actually they lose a temper every now and then. So this is all acting against character. It's part of their character. But one of the joys of being an, an ambridgeologist is that, you, you know, you look at the tea leaves, don't you? And you read in between the lines. So hence, and I'm not just bigging myself up, but I'm bigging myself up, the Philip Moss thing, there were the breadcrumb trails. No. It's just that most people missed it, that's all. But with every, uh, with every situation, there is a breadcrumb trail of sorts, which the writers are deliberately um, dropping little clues for us. But sometimes they really do, um, just like a cat, you know, after it's done a poop, you know, then like shove the dirt back over it so you can't quite see it. So they're trying, and it's all incredibly understated. So I refute that there are true to true character reversals. I think that's all kind of part of part of humanity. But in terms of the cryptic clues of understanding what's going to happen in the archers, the clues are there. It's just that they're cryptic. Yeah, I mean, sorry to be self-indulgent. I mean, you were, and I'm piggybacking it. It really irritated me when you worked that out. Um, <laughs> that, uh, about The money. About, yeah, about all that. But yes, anyway, um, sorry. But yeah, I've, uh, no, I do. I do understand that the characters can evolve, but sort of trying to draw it back to the um, if we're asked to play catch, I mean, because we're only getting this tiny sort of, as you said, like, there's, there's, there's breadcrumbs. We're getting a tiny slither of a perspective on this whole kind of rich um, and ecosystem. So there's always going to be a bunch of stuff that's kind of um, away from the microphone. But but and so you have to accept that, you know, they, these are these characters have depth, that depth that you might not be aware of. But is it really is it really a bigger bigger request for the audience to um, accept some of those changes than it is to accept the different perspective of seeing them, like they're in a monologue or hearing them on a phone call or hearing... I mean, like Susan, another character I have problems with, um, I really enjoyed her radio show, and I did think that we got we learned a bit about her. And that one episode where she was, um, I think it was about a week and a half ago, when she started off and she was a bundle of nerves and she was so upset about how she'd let Neil down and how she'd let her family down. And by the end of it, the Susan we love and know was back and sort of bombastic and kind of like chest puffed out, ample, well um, fondled chest puffed out. Um, um, you know, and it was, it was, and that was, that was something I hadn't, I, at the beginning of the episode, there was no way I would have expected to be back on side and liking Susan. I was, you know, really ready to turn the radio off at the beginning of that. And I think that's something they've done quite well. Little, little mini character arts within each episode. Mm. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, well, don't you have the last word on this, uh, Kerry, before we come on to Jess? Yeah, I mean, I I agree about the Susan thing because I was like, oh, oh, this is ridiculous. She wouldn't have got on the radio in that way so quickly, blah, blah, blah. But she was very easy to listen to and it was a light, lighter touch, whereas the other um, people, you know, the Davids, the Helens, the Toms, it's all more heavy going really um so I did enjoy the Susan bit and I also quite enjoyed Natasha this week because I felt her she she just came across a lot more naturally I, I completely agree there and I think that is the one character where we 
definitely did learn something. The relationship with mm-hmm. her father, her father's mental health issues, how that affected her growing up, and the fact that she's always striving and striving to please her father. Uh, because as a child, she didn't even want him to be a father. That, to me, was mm. bordering on a, a, a Radio 4 afternoon play. Yeah, I was really genuinely interested in that. Yeah. And you know, the fact that, you know, she's stuck at home, she's in her pajamas, she hasn't bothered to get dressed, the four walls are closing in on her whilst Tom's gallivanting around. Um and it's not really being picked up on by him. That kind of thing. That that was actually interesting and had a bit of depth to it, I thought. No, and I think it actually spoke to to me personally. I mean, you know, we're all going through the coronavirus, and that, that I mean, in terms of the public broadcasting aspect, it, that it did that very well. I did, I did think that represented how I feel sometimes at the moment. You know, we're you know trying to be a good husband and um, and occasionally failing, and it's yeah. And I, I think that I did feel quite moved by it. Crumbs. So we've we've all come to an agreement. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> we best move on to Jess very quickly. Hi, Royfield, Carrie, or whoever is the second presenter for Dumpty Dum this week. My name is Jess. I'm a first-time caller in error. I live in Columbus, Ohio. I am a uh, microbiologist that specializes in food safety. Um, I started listening to the Archers about 10 years ago. So I am assuming that that makes me a Jude. And I think that's all of the introductory prerequisites checked off. Mm-hmm. Um, I am taking Royfield up on his challenge to be a first-time caller interer, even though I've lurked and sent an email once before. Um, and while I've come to terms with the new format of the Archers, I have a growing disdain for Natasha. I can see that they are trying to make her um, a more complex character with her father's bipolar um, but I just, I don't care. I, I can't, I don't find her sympathetic. They didn't put in the work to make her likable, um, as judged by the fact that we've always just made fun of her shopping habits. Um, so as the meme says, change my mind. Um, I hope you're all doing well. Bye. Oh, you just, mm. just went the other side of your two minute allotment, but well done. First time caller in I must admit, I'm always fascinated when we have uh, non-Brits who are uh, big fans of the Archers. You know, what exactly is their story, Kerry? You know, why? Yeah. Why? She's in the middle of Ohio, for heaven's sake. She, a thousand and other things she could be doing. She could be shoveling snow, uh, <laughs> you know, watching the great Cleveland Browns play, um, and whatever things people do in Ohio. But, you know, she's, mm-hmm. she's a fan of the Archers. Peculiar. Yeah. Peculiar. Um, so uh, mm, why don't you uh, comment on the meat and potatoes of her call. I'll mm-hmm. kick back and then I'll point the finger at Peter and say, oi, answer that then. <laughs> well, it, yes, she feels that the work wasn't put in beforehand for us to then, you know, take on board Natasha as a more complex character, you can't just suddenly throw in that her father's got bipolar. Or um, so she was completely the opposite to what we were just talking about, which was that I quite enjoyed that being revealed about Natasha. Um, 
And yes, we did used to just laugh about her shopping habits and racking up the credit cards and stuff. But now we're maybe getting a bit more of a context as to why that sort of thing has been going on. So the work kind of has been put in beforehand. I think the work has completely been put in beforehand. She uh, came out of nowhere, uh, met Tom and then got married within two twos and then disappeared. We still don't really properly understand her, do we? So I think they, they have been laying the ground for us to, uh, you know, fill in the gap, so to speak. But Peter, um, this isn't for me to talk and to pontificate about no cashier. Uh, what do you reckon? Um, I think it all makes sense. Finally, we understand why she's with Tom. Um, she spent her whole childhood um, with inconsistent and uh, um, slightly awkward men, and she's married one. I mean, it's... And I, I think that, like, you, to your point, Rothfield, I think there was a certain amount of character development. You know, they, she was one-dimensional, but then it did, that. you know, her, her, her birds did come home to roost. She had to confront Tom. They had the house that went um, missing. Um, I, she, I mean, yes, definitely one-dimensional. One um, but, but, yeah, they, they, I think there was a slow trend um, sort of, um, not, sorry, there was a slow transformation from the one-dimensional character to the more rounded one. And the other thing is there's... It, that's been all the Archer's characters. I mean, I know I gave Lee a hard time earlier on, but he's in that phase at the moment, the bit where he's just this kind of cheesy, kind of like Labrador creature bundling around. But no doubt in a half a year's time, we'll be complaining because they've given him some slightly more complicated narrative arc. I think it's just part of the maturation of any Archer's character. They eventually have a, sort of a, a slightly more complicated um, um, plot to deal with. Mm. Uh, I think you could well be right. Um, yeah, because you can't come on with a whole load of backstory by definition. Can you? You know? Yeah. So there you go. Jess, I think we respectfully disagree. But um, if you, your right reply is to call in next week. Because I want to hear, uh, Jess, why and how you became mm. a fan of the archers. How does an Ohioan microbiologist come to the archers? Exactly. And is that why Royfield's in California half the year? Like some kind of, you know, missionary going door to door, knocking, <laughs> you know, spreading, beseeching. <laughs> spreading the good, the good book of, of Borsetshire, <laughs> yeah. so to speak. You, you've got me back. Herbal, right, herbal A's as drought measures. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. Um, another new caller in a row. We're festooned with the, with the I was going to say, mm. with the buggers. Uh, but we don't swear anymore. And <laughs> we're festooned with these well, people. Someone swore earlier, much I worse know. than I swore. I know they did. They Lovely did. It was. Mia, Mia went for it, and she did. She's a lady of the cloth as well. She should know better. Anyway, Excellent. it's uh, it's Rev Rob is a new caller in. Uh, it's your time, sir. Hi there, Royfield. Whoever's standing in for Lucy and everybody else in Dumpty Dumland. My name's Rob. I'm Rev Rob UK on the Twitters and. Uh, elsewhere can't remember where actually uh my vintage i am i guess uh a pip archer i started listening to the archers omnibus on a sunday just moved into a new house there was a coal fire and i wanted something to do while i was going through clearing out the grate and listening to the archers fitted the bill but after the first week we flew to barcelona for a holiday came back and i'd missed that sec that omnibus and that was the one that Pip was born in. And I remember all the kerfuffle about the sound effects. 
So I missed that, but I guess that makes me about a peer parcher. Anyway, you did say uh, in the last uh, Dump to Dump, what gave Dave the push to ring in after two years? Well, I can't speak for Dave, but for myself, the reason I'm ringing in after listening for a few years is because you outed me, uh, Royfield. I was in the uh, the Zoom meeting for Headley Nicklaus, and uh, little did I know when I was speaking there that I'd be uh, recorded and played back for the whole world to listen to. Hey-ho. Uh, I do remember once you put in an advert on the socials for some more phone-ins, please, because we're short of them, and I said something along the lines of, I can't because of my voice. In my head, I sound like... P.G. Woodhouse, but when I speak, I sound like John Lennon. So, <laughs> anyway, too late for that now. I uh, hope everything goes well. I hope, uh, Lu- wish Lucy well for the future, and uh, that's about it, really. Bye. Bye-bye, mate, and thank you for calling in. And as I seem to remember, that was an awesome question to our Headley, who plays Kathy Perks on the Zooms. And uh, just whilst from the Zooms, did you have a nice time uh, last Friday on Zoom, Kerry? Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? Um, Anya, who plays Lexi, mm-hmm. was wonderful. She was proper awesome. There's been lovely feedback. I've had a cu- couple of little uh, messages and DMs, basically, about mm. that. And uh, she was uh, sticking it there, wasn't she, for like w- female actors and yeah. and for the the you know the the newly middle aged female actor, shall we say? You know, mm-hmm. do they, you know, um, do they have to be invisible? Can they still get good roles? What is the definition of beauty? She she, yeah. re- she really went for it. It was also very honest about the precariousness um, of the profession that she's in and the fact that, you know, she's thought of, uh, you know, jacking it all in. You know, you're like, what is the point of this, you know, type of thing. Uh, it, it, it yeah. was, a, it, she was She was very good and very honest. And um, as soon as it finished, she messaged me and she said, oh, God, that was lovely. Thank you. No, she really did have fun. Excellent. Yeah, um, people should go watch it on YouTube. It's really, really good. Mm. Um, I think you guys know more about this stuff than me, but has, has is that a character that's been Nigeled, um, Lexi? Or no. is she still... No, no. No? She, um, I, I, she talked about that kind of at the start of, uh, of the show, actually, and she said when they're, in effect, killing you off, there is no coming back, you kind of you kind of get told. Uh, but her and her agent have been told that, you know, be on standby. Um, you know, the, the chapter is not, sorry, the book is not completely closed, basically, on, on Lexi. But it could be that she doesn't hear anything for six months or six years, you know. Yeah, so she just, that would make me very happy. <laughs> it don't, if she came back, not if she went oh, away for six oh. years. You, 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 yeah. you pulled that back very quickly because... <laughs> Oh no! Only only to the right place. Um, no, I know. I know that you. I know that you have a lot of problems with um, Mr. Tucker, despite sharing a name. Um, and but I, you know, I I'm a big fan of both Roy and Lexi, so I would really. I mean, I was crushed when they when when that all fell to pieces. All right, just 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 very very quickly, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a big fan of the pair of them, you need to get yourself on Zoom this Friday because last week was obviously Anya who plays Lexi. This Friday at seven o'clock. On the YouTubes, on the Zooms, we only have Ian Pepperell, who plays Roy Tucker, my namesake. Uh, 
So it's going to be somewhat of a of a, an uncomfortable start to our chat, considering um, that I completely, for the last uh, two, three months, have said, what is the point of the character of Roy Tucker? Though I've never said that the actor that plays him doesn't know how to emote and how to uh, portray the lines he's given. So, phew, you know, there is, there is a difference between the two. But he's coming on to Zoom, everybody. So, you know the drill. If you want to uh, join us at 7 o'clock on Friday, what you do is you go onto our Facebook group. I will post the details there. You go on to um, Twitter and you can DM Dumpty Dum and I will give you the details for that. If you, if you are um, a fan of the Archers Academic, or the Academic Archers, very sorry, um, I also put all the details there because they're big pals of ours. Now, um, you, if you can't get your head around Zoom, do not worry. What you can do is watch it on YouTube. And this time I will remember to press the go live button on YouTube <laughs> because I didn't for some 22 minutes. And there were like 20 odd people there waiting, uh, <laughs> tapping their fingers and whatever. So really sorry about that. And actually what I did promise I would do, because I do have the Zoom recording of the whole mm-hmm. of the Lexi show is i will put up the first i'll put up i will put up the the missing 23 minutes or so so if you um were one of those um and i did give a big shout out to everybody that was on the youtubes um you will get uh those the missing moments and stuff so i repeat this week it's roy tucker next week it's kirsty miller the week after that we have david archer himself the big cheese the head honcho of the whole Kick and Caboodle will be coming on. Now, and I reckon, folks, that could well be an opportune time for us to uh, to sign off from doing the Dumby Dumda Zooms because I think everything's easing up at a, at, a, mm. at a pace now. So you've got three more weeks of this and then you need to become a Patreon uh, to get some extra Zoom action. So, Peter, if you really are a fan of Roy Tucker... I'll be seeing you on Zoom on Friday. <laughs> I, I, well, I'll just tune in for the awkwardness. There's nothing else. <laughs> Smashing. <laughs> and, you, and you need to give credit to the actor. It's more difficult to paint in shades of grey. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, right. Uh, last call of the show before we do the socials. And my, oh, my, do we have a lot of uh, emails and text messages to go through. Uh, but I know that our Kerry has edited them. She's not going to read everything out word for word, is, is she? Are you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, whilst she, while she basically starts editing, um, here's a bit with a spoon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, everyone in Dumpty Dum Towers, and to all Dumpty Dummers around the world, it's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. I wanted to start off by sharing something I tweeted this week. If two Dumpty Dum hosts can have a conversation and make it sound like they're in the same room, why can't the Archer's production team make it happen as well? With that complaint off my chest, I'll say that I did enjoy this week more, maybe just getting used to the monologues. We seem to be going around the village, visiting with different families each week and diving a bit deeper into the psyches of different Ambridge residents. There's only a little bit of forward action, which does reflect how life has been in real life. We've all been kind of frozen in time. So what 
did happen this week in Ambridge. Johnny and Tony gave themselves buzz cuts. Good for Johnny. He has joined the millions of men who have shaved their heads and will no longer obsess about his receding hairline. Helen had an emotional epiphany, which was years in the making, and Tom seemed as dim-witted as ever about interpersonal relationships. (laughs) I was most intrigued by Natasha. She revealed that her father has bipolar disorder, though I did figure that out early in her description of him. Having an unstable bipolar parent can be very traumatizing to a child growing up and helps to explain her drive to fix things and to overachieve. At the same time, we see hints of mania in her, such as her overspending. She could have just a teaspoon of genetic loading of bipolarity in her, which would lead to a milder form called bipolar 2 disorder, not uncommon in very successful business people, or this could be a foreshadowing of full-blown mania to come. We shall see, and talk to you soon. Daddy, bye, Mr. Spoon. I Did we just about, um, earlier on in the show, go through all of his main points? There was the recording thing. We talked about mm. Natasha. Have we missed anything else, Kerry? I don't think we have, but um, there was a tweet. I know I'm going to do tweets later, but there was a tweet that I, I um, took a screenshot of which mentions about um, Natasha's father having bipolar and it's by um, Ambridge Pony Club, mm-hmm. who Jen J. Stephen on Twitter. And she said, hang on, if Tom knows Natasha's dad has bipolar and he hasn't put two and two together on Natasha's spending slash sudden business pivots, he's about as intuitive as a sock. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of chimes with what um, our Witherspoon was saying. True. There may well be some in there. True that, some genetic loading mm. is the, the phrase that he used. Right. Um, we need uh, to, to go through these text messages and, and emails. And um, I'm going to start off because we just had one all of seven minutes ago. So whilst we're recording and um, it says, oh, not too late for this week's show. You just about caught it. Just caught up with last Friday's Zoom on the YouTubes. Just wanted to say how fabulous Anya was. What a great example of someone being very comfortable in their own skin. I now have a mega girl crush on her. Yay for Anya. Hope she returns to the post-COVID archers soon. Thanks for the podcast and big up to Kerry. You're doing brilliantly. And that's from Lisa de Brule, Brule, a.k.a. Lollipop Rosie. So some big ups to you. Lovely. Oh, that's nice. Cheers. Over to you now. Don't, don't yes. pause. Let's keep it going. We, we, we do have loads, though, don't we? <laughs> no, you said I have to edit them and I'm well, scared. Um, <laughs> well, well, maybe if it's particularly long, just give us the first paragraph. Okay, so this is an email and it says, Hi, Royfield and all at Dumpty Dum. Just a quick email to say that I'm just listening to the second Archer's Monologue Week and I really like it. It seems I'm in the minority, but I love hearing what's going on inside the characters' heads and especially enjoyed the intimacy of David and Josh's father-son interaction and them untimely voicing their love for each other, very touching. I tend to like one-to-one conversations that go a bit deeper than the usual banter, so this line of approach probably suits me. Don't get me wrong, I'm a fan of the traditional Archers too, but I'm really okay with this format in the meantime. Well done, I say, to everyone in Archers land for giving continuity in listening. 
in the best way they can. And that was from Julie Harvey. Thank you, Julie. Um, how, how many of these things do we did we actually get this week? Uh, these things sounded so bad. I didn't mean it in that way. How many wonderful <laughs> electronic messages did we get from our listeners this week? Oh, crumbs. Oh, we have got. Can some. you shuffle your papers? Because I know you print them all out. Five, six, six, seven, eight. What? All right. Okay. Severe editing. All right. First paragraphs. Uh, let Let's go. If they're particularly long. Oh my god. Oh, this is a long one. This is from... Oh, no. Who's this from? Oh, it doesn't actually say who this one's from. It's one of those where it's just the... It's a text number. Mm. Um, Hi, Roy, Phil, Kerry, Yokel, Bear, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dummers out there. I'm Sean from Wales, silly Kerry. First time texter in era. I work for a local authority in HR. I remember the Ambridge floods that makes me a Rex and Toby Fairbrother could be worse. Just wanted to say that after a very rocky start, I actually enjoyed The Archers this week. Tom still annoys the shit out of me, so unaware of what is going on around him. We got to understand no Kasha a bit better, and I actually felt a little bit sorry for her. If Helen can maintain her positivity, I may well start to like, but I'm not holding out much hope. And there is the lovely Johnny. I could listen to him talk all day, so so glad he's feeling positive about his hair and this was a good way to deal with the storyline so that was sean thank you um, Sean. yeah this one is formalities first silver girl henry archer charity project manager tabard included that's her introduction <laughs> Um, as someone working in mental health, I'm rapidly warming to the new inner thought styles of the episodes. Natasha was a particular revelation. I've always disliked her nature, which can come across as cold, impatient and needing to be in control. It was so touching to hear about her difficulties growing up with and still relating to a parent living with mental health issues. Her open and vulnerable reflection that this contributes to her tendency to need to fix things and stay completely on top of everything to make it all okay chimed perfectly with me having come from a similar situation. I realise now perhaps my dislike for her is actually a bit of projection on my part. I dislike that controlling fixing part of myself who always struggles to let people in and admit things may not be okay. I totally get why she finds it difficult to explain to Tom what's going on for her right now. She can't ask for what she needs because she's never learned how to. Her focus has always been on behaving in a way that ensures that her dad and mum are okay. I'm now very much on team, Natasha, thanks to the way this episode was recorded. So I have great hope that much good can perhaps come of these new style episodes. That was Silver Girl. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't want to edit that one. Um, and you didn't? No, I didn't. <laughs> uh, it was interesting, wasn't it? Um, this was our oh, blind listener who got the picture round question in the quiz on the Zoom last time. Um, this is Lillian McCarthy. She's she says, pal. hi, Roger. Is she? Yeah, yeah. She, we always, she always uh, DMs me on, on Facebook. She's my pal, is Nice one. She says, hi, Royfield. Sorry, I didn't manage to log on to Zoom last night. I had some medical treatment. It made me a bit tired. I did catch up on YouTube today. And thanks to your excellent description, I got Waterly Cross in the quiz. Boom. <laughs> yes. Okay, there's another text here from Purple Pumpkin. 
Um, hi, Royfield and co-host, maybe the lovely Kerry Warbis. Ha, 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 I'm not editing that out. Um, trying out this newfangled way of contacting you as it seems about right for the length of message I want to send. I think the monologue episodes are meh and only a few managed to hold my attention. Susan, Emma and Helen so far. Come on, men of Ambridge, buck up. And can I say how odd it feels to have no mention of anti-racism or Black Lives Matter in Ambridge when it's so dominating any non-COVID conversations in real life? Thanks again for all that you do for us socially isolated fans. Your little listener, Purple Pumpkin. Mm. Uh, Just just as a a little response to that in particular, I did kind of jokingly say on Zoom, are there on Friday? Are there any statues in Ambridge that need like pulling down? I do have a quite a good plot line that was a tie all together. Maybe Vince Casey could buy the Colston statue from the mayor of Bristol and attach it to the sponsorship of his cricket team or something. <laughs> I mean, uh, have that planted in the middle of the green. Don't take away a statue. Bring one in. <laughs> but Vince C- Casey's the guy to do it. <laughs> He's very much the guy to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, right. So, yes, we have another email. This is from Jennifer Corley. Uh, she says, greetings, Roy, Phil, Kerry, all Dumpty Dum, all at Dumpty Dum Towers and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. Just realised how much I've enjoyed this week on The Archers, which is strange, as it's all been about Helen and cheese. <clears throat> However, what's dawned on me is I hate Helen, but I really enjoy hating Helen. The world's gone mad. It's a global pandemic. And what's Helen stressing about? Her new love's safety as he bravely treats the COVID victims of Borsetshire? Her children's safety? Her elderly parents? No, it's all about the cheese. She gets so needy, she drags poor key worker Lee, who's obviously knackered down to the am, showers her with gifts and he gets nada. It's exactly as we all would have predicted. Helen and Tom float being important. Johnny and Tony are run off their feet. And Pat is left with the treat of homeschooling Henry and stopping him from shoving Jack in a reed bed or worse. It was a marvellous feeling of the world being just as I would expect again. So this is a uh, hi Royfield, esteemed co-host and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Jenny from Southampton. Last week, Royfield commented that it was presumptuous of me to call the co-host esteemed. I shall, however, continue to do so. Co-host, you earn my esteem just for being brave enough to follow Lucy's shining example. (laughs) What a legend she is. Royfield, your tribute to her last week was so touching and I'd just like to add my thanks and good wishes to her as well. I haven't been listening that long, but long enough to know that you were an awesome co-host, Lucy. Thank you. Uh, So that was lovely. That was from, yeah, Jenny from Southampton. Thank you, Jenny. And... Okay, this is from Quentin Rayner. Another email. As archers, addicts, we're forced to be dependent on the methadone of monologues, but we're craving the fix of genuine dialogues. So how about this suggestion? Charles Collingwood, who plays Brian, is married in real life to Judy Bennett, who infuriates many a tweet-alonger evangelising as Shula. Since they're actually living together, how about them recording scenes together? This begs a few other questions. One, what could Brian and Shula be talking about? Two, are there any other cast members living together who could do the same? Three, when is Charles going to be a guest on Dumpty Dum? 
That's from Quentin Rayner, big Brian fan, but not as big a fan of Brian as Kerry. Mm. Um, when is Charles going to come back on? Uh, I will give, I will send him an email and uh, let's see if we can't uh, sort that out. Well, I think I've, I've I've done them all now, Roy Phil. Oh, You'll be smashing. glad to know. Right. Ooh. Yeah. Well, uh, folks, it's that point where um, we uh, pay some bills around here. I'm going to... Um, on Acast, what I do, I insert a little line which says insert ad. So that's what I'm doing right here and now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hello from Philippa at the Quick Book Reviews podcast. Now more than ever, people are often turning to a book to provide them with a great escape. And I usually get asked, which book should I read next? There are so many to choose from. Well, help is at hand. The Quick Book Reviews podcast does what it says on the tin. It gives you some quick book reviews. You can tell how long it took me to come up with that market-leading title. Well done me. And it covers all sorts of different books you might be interested in. 
and hopefully a happy half hour with me chatting about life, cups of tea, biscuits and books, lots of books. From crime to thriller to general fiction, audiobooks, even children's books. If I think it's good, I'll want to tell you about it. And if I'm not such a fan, I'll tell you that too. It's not about literature or fine arts. It's just about finding a good read that makes you want to keep turning the pages, finding books that deliver a great ending. Fancy a listen? Download the Quick Book Reviews podcast and see what you think. Good day, everyone. Well, we started the week talking about Helen because she was talking about how COVID-19 is affecting her small family business. And I just wondered it, how people thought that the monologues were hitting their mark. Um, and Paula Formby said Tom's segment was the first that didn't offer a bit of insight into what makes the character tick. But that is wholly in keeping with Tom as someone nearly incapable of introspection, just grabbing, grumbling, self-promoting and blaming others at every turn. Uh, Cassie Grant said I'm enjoying them, but Jackie Fear is not enjoying them. And Elizabeth Emerson said, better than nothing, but not much. Jean Bell, on the other hand, said they are doing what I hoped for, allowing us to get to know them better and judge their characters by their private thoughts. The latest episodes episodes show us how life in these unusual days with clever writing and good acting is. Joanna Geary said, I am enjoying them up to a point, but Kerry's explanation in the Zoom meeting about how the move back to normal could take months rather than weeks made me think surely they'll have to start moving the plots forward at some point. Inner monologues are interesting, but not for three months. I do appreciate how difficult it is, though, and I'm glad that it's not my problem to solve. Well, yep, that is um, really very thoughtful of you. Uh, we then talked about the episode that had Natasha in. Now, I'm going to be honest, and I just thought she was whiny and self-centred. So that was my opinion. Um, and I actually did think, I, it's such a shame she couldn't seem more likeable because she hasn't seemed likeable really to me much up till now. And I thought this was an opportunity. However, Johnny just seems so sensible. And even I thought a little bit brave. So I wondered who we'd like to hear more from. Um, But to start with, Vanessa Collier said, I actually felt for her when she was talking about her parents. She's stuck with the Archer clan who always put up barriers and can't see, and she can't see her own people. I wonder if Johnny is still in contact with Sharon or has she been conveniently airbrushed out of history? Gosh, that's a really good question, Vanessa. Abby Sue said, a bit whiny, but wouldn't have it any other way than to reflect how people are reacting across the country. Businesses going down the pan, opportunities grabbed the descent into sloth, the urge to help others, or grow potatoes, missing family, and needing a... I don't know what CWTCH means. I think that must be Welsh, sorry. Um, Nolai Griffin said, I was thinking maybe they were portraying Natasha as developing depression, perhaps feeling she usually keeps at bay by keeping really busy, but now she has time on her hands, being alone a lot and doing work that does not play to her strengths. And Carolyn Cooper said, oh, poor Johnny, I'm heartbroken. Also, not to the scriptwriters for clever writing. Casual mention in previous episode about Tony's mad hair turned out to be a plot point. Well, we do know that the scriptwriters are very clever, so we weren't too surprised, but we don't always pick up the plot points and the little flags, do we? I did wonder whether people were learning about their hidden strengths in lockdown and asked people to share 
Um, and Kate Nichols said, keep trying to find a positive even in the smallest things, e.g. didn't have to queue at a supermarket in the rain. Rob Williams said, am I the only one who's quite enjoying it? Rob, you're not. We're no longer in lockdown. Well, I'm not as a teacher because we are now um, essential workers, but uh, the five weeks that we were in lockdown, I loved it. Uh, Jane Gage said, patience and fortitude with a smashing of good home baking. Uh, Jane Gage, that's how I got through. And now I have COVID chub, which I'm now trying to get rid of. And Alexandra Goddard said, wish I could add something inspiring, but I've been going to work every single day. Oh, I do feel for you, especially as I enjoyed lockdown very, very much. Um, having said that, there's a few of us at our house and it's nice to be locked down with people that you really enjoy. So if you're on your own, that could be very, very different. And I know my colleagues who live on their own did have a very different experience. Um, and then we talked about, oh, Tony's haircut. I thought that storyline was so stupid. Um, it's just a haircut. Hair grows. Who cares? That, you know, it, who cares? It's just hair. But I did love that it gave Johnny the courage and um, I wondered, was I, was, bit, was I being a bit too harsh about the storyline? And Anne Crosstuck said, no need to have that two inch of roots showing. Um, a box of L'Oreal dye comes in handy. Another handy thing is a YouTube video for a do-it-yourself uh, lob cut. Um, make the husband watch it, give him a pair of scissors and a comb, and voila. I should really post a photo, Anne. You really should. Jita Bapat said, I have loved this week so far, superb insights into everyone's mindset. I found Tony tedious, but then I always do. Really enjoying this format. I'm finding myself listening more carefully. Oh, that's a really good point. I think I am listening more carefully, Jita. I can't just float in and out. Uh, John Beasy said, normally I would have agreed with you, but unkempt hair is one of privations which has taken on an unusual significance because of lockdown. Tony reflected the concerns of some of the people I know, and I couldn't help but smile as he wrestled with this predicament. And this is why I have to put these questions out to the wise group, because sometimes I get irritated about things, and then when others like a good self, John, explain them to me, I think, yep, I was being unfair. And Sean Coleman said, totally agreed, is a ridiculous reaction, typical of Pat. Yeah, I think it was the reaction of Pat that really upset me. I just thought that was so unsupportive. Um, so glad for Johnny too. thought it was a good way to deal with his current storyline. So another good, if short week for all of us. Um, so thank you everyone for getting involved. We did of course acknowledge um, International uh, Gin Day and we've uh, posted up some photos of gin, which is very important. I prefer drinking them, but hey, pictures will do. Uh, so uh, that was our week and I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly hope you got involved. Please get involved next week when Yokel Bear is in charge. And until I speak to you again in a fortnight, I say to you, hooroo. Millie Bell, as always, tip-top Bristol fashion. We thank you. We salute you. Oh, we doff our caps. Uh, with that social media roundup, uh, Kerry, it must be time for some tweets of the last seven days. Yes, let me find them. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to know that Here you're... Oh, okay, you are primed. Okay, go for it, Miss Warbis. So um, this is from a bit buddish, who's um, I'm buddish on the Twitters. And he says, and now with the time at 8.50 in our Ambridge studio is Helen Archer with Fraught for the Day. Hey, mm, very good. Yeah, very good. Do you see? 
this one's from Rob Titchener <laughs> on the Twitters. Um, so he says, Helen, this is Helen speaking. I run an artisan cheese making business. As you can imagine, we've been under a lot of Cheshire lately. Despite being in a pickle and we're all going crackers, we're still ton making cheese here. <laughs> When's Lee Dale a- available to visit us? <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, heavy, heavy punning there. Um, this next one was from Paul Salotti. Perhaps Bridge Farm's next fundraiser could be a sponsored silence. <laughs> well done. Uh, that wasn't the tweet of the week. Um, it's coming up. Um, this one I loved from Matthew Weir, who called in the other week. He says, um, for all of you romanticising a, vi- a, a video call soiree with your parents, I video called my mum on her birthday yesterday and she answered, sat on the toilet. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) So that's rather lovely. But this is Tweet of the Week. (laughs) Yes, this is from Andrew Davidson, Tweet of the Week. He says, I liked Cold Store Alarm, but they never got over that difficult second album. Hey, wait a minute. (laughs) Do you know what that's referring to, Rob? No, no. <laughs> Were you listening closely enough? Give it to me one more time. It's Natasha with her cold store alarm. Ah, oh, there you go. You didn't get it as either at the first time as well, though, did you, Peter? It's not just me being dumb. No, no, no. But, I, but no, no. I'm, no I'm, it's, we're both dumb. Oh crumbs! <laughs> Sorry, um, we're both dumb. It's the tweet of the week slash test as to whether you were listening or not. True. I was listening. I was listening. (laughs) Um, Right, folks. Um, This was a little bit of an experiment to have uh, three people giving you a bit of Dumpty Dum. So it gives a little bit of feedback uh, by going on to dumptydum.com forward slash contact and uh, you can tell us what you thought and whether you want uh, Peter Ficklin to be back. I don't know. My jury's still out myself. Yeah, I've only known him for three years, uh, and I still haven't quite made my mind up. Uh, so why don't you help me make my mind up by uh, going on to dumdrum.com and doing a whole load of things. You can comment on the on some of the old shows. Uh, i tell you what you can do. You can look through Mike Hatton's wonderful list of character counts and write you ours. Um, and I don't know why Mike is just so reticent about coming on the show, because I want him to come on and to explain to us the reason why he's so fascinated uh, with cataloguing the archers in the way that he does. So, Mike, there's your call, sir. It's not the first and not the second time. Come on. You know, you contribute so much to the show and to the whole community of Dumdy Dum. We need to hear you on Mike, sir. That's what you can do on dumdum.com. You can also go on to the shop and hit the shop button, which is conveniently labelled as shop, and you can actually buy some stuff. Be careful, though, because um, I think, Seasoned Dumpty Dummers will actually know that uh, Kerry, I and Peter aren't sat uh, bagging this stuff up. It actually comes from third-party suppliers. Just make sure that they are delivering um, in the COVID. So I think most most companies are now starting to deliver again. So go on to dumptydum.com and uh, go go make a purchase. Get yourself a mug, a T-shirt, a sweatshirt, a pair of leggings, jeggings even. 
whatevs uh, that come resplendent with the logo, dum de dum, and uh, you'll be helping to put some co- some money in our coffers. Now, uh, a great way of helping to support the podcast is when going on to Patreon. And uh, if you are a Patreon person, we really, really, really like you. Not that we don't like other people too. We just like them a little bit more. That's all it is. Patreon is a great way to support the podcast by giving us $2 per episode. Now, I know what you're thinking, you're at Royfield. You're pumping out two episodes a show at the moment. We cap it. Don't worry. Two episodes a week would end up meaning meaning that you could be spending like $16 per, per month on Dumpty Dum. Oh, no, sir, Bob. I cap it. So you only pay for the regular Dumpty Dums. And then I throw in one of the Zooms. So you get all that stuff free. Now, the thing is, though, the Zooms are such a rich experience that what I am going to do is after the COVIDs, after the Coronas have gone, first wave, second wave, and we're all back to normal, uh, we're going to put them behind a paywall and we're going to reward the people that financially support the show by giving them the front row seat on the Zoom call. So if you want if you like the Zoom stuff and you always want to be in that Zoom gang, I suggest you go on to patreon.com. Another way to support the podcast is by going on to Apple iTunes or a podcatcher of your choice and writing us a review, telling us what you think of uh, of our Kerry. She's awesome. Uh, what you think about me? You know, you know, but also what you think about the archers, you know, go on there and say, I love the archers. Dumpty Dum's all right. Give us five stars. That would be smashing awesome because it helps us to get new listeners to the show because we go up those iTunes charts. And because of your reviews, we once got to number three in the iTunes charts. Can you believe that, Kerry? Number three, I tell you. I can. Sorry, I'm eating a cherry. I oh, know you're not paying attention <laughs> at all. You're just like this man's just like going for it. But anyway, now I'm <laughs> going to uh, turn turn the mic over to you. And I don't know if it's in red or in black, but I mm-hmm. feel uh, that it, now is your time to chip in. Yes. Remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message via Speakpipe on the website or call 0203-031-3105 to leave a message. Or you can text your message to us by starting your message with "dumb" to 077-862-00690. You can find Yokel Bear at Dumpty Dum. Kerry Warbis, that's me, at Kerry Warbis. And Royfield can be found at Royfield on the Twitters. And Lucy V. Freeman can be found at Lucy V. Freeman. I believe you're also on the Twitters, aren't you there, Peter? Pardon? Yeah, that's just about right. <laughs> Peter, <laughs> are you on Twitter? Sorry, and, and if you are, what is your Twitter handle? If people want to tweet at you, sir. Pete Fickling. At Pete Fickling. Oh, nice and simple. All right. Um, don't forget, folks, um, Facebook is a, it's like a real vital part of the whole dum de dum experience. Uh, so if you like Facebook, go on to Facebook and uh, join our dum de dum group on Facebook. It also gives you uh, the password and all the, uh, all the credentials so you can join our Zoom chats. And apart from that, you get Witherspoon with his uh, Saturday non-archers posts, his snaps, you get uh, Millie Bell and you get the Yokel Bear too. And, and the, the other thing about being part of Facebook, if you say something witty, insightful or just like blooming clever, you probably make social media roundup. So there you go. There's inducement enough for you. Get onto Facebook. Mm. Do the do. Don't forget there is the Flick app. If you go up to the Flick app, posse, they are my people. <laughs> so what you do there, you look in the show notes 
of this episode, there is a link if you've got a smartphone. Uh, and of course, everyone's got a smartphone these days. You hit that link and then you download the app and then you're all dumby dummed up and you can talk about uh, dumby dum stuff with the proper inside posse. There's Drew from Hamilton. There's Melly over there in Scotland. Uh, there's a whole load of um, rather savoury characters that hang out on the Flick app. And I think that's just about it. Uh, that's me. Um, tired, spent, exhausted from a, a rather long recording, which has had Peter sounding like a Dalek. Uh, we, I'm going to have to do numerous edits to put it together to make it sound effortless. But you know what? You're worth it, listener. So I'm going to endeavour to do that for you. So, um, Peter Fickling, will you be on again? Thank you. Well, you don't know. You're still thinking about it whether you'll come back on again, and I don't <laughs> mind you for. I don't blame you for thinking, sir. Don't don't sign away your life just yet. Kerry Warbis, will you be on again soon? Yes, please, Royfield. I would like to come back. I would like Peter to come back too. Well, you never know. Your, mis- <laughs> your wish may well come true. That's us saying goodbye, tatty bye, au revoir, Althea saying sayonara, and um, ciao. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye.